Everybody, it's time again for another episode of Scary Geese Sharing. Yes, it's a place where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Hello, you little maniacs. Yeah. Yeah, I am here today with my beautiful friend, the original Sasquatch Slim, Jeremy Rusk. Oh, you're too kind. And I'm here with the the too kind, Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen himself. Unput downable. Unputdownable. He is unputdownable. <laughs> it's better than interesting, okay? Yeah. And if you've never listened to us before, Jeremy and I like to talk about scary movies and things and what we've watched and what's going on in the world. And then we typically, like today in our uh, um, typical episodes, will assign the other or share a scary movie with the other person that they've never seen before. And then we watch them and we come back and talk about them. So if you want to skip ahead to those movies, look in the podcast notes. If you want to watch those movies, take that break with us, turn off the podcast, go watch them and come back and listen. You know? Yeah. And we just like watching scary movies. So and talking about them and being That's what here we... with each other and you. That's what we do. Yeah. Jeremy, how are you? What is going on? Anything exciting and new in the world? Not too terribly. Just, uh, you know, got up this morning and I was like, oh, crap, I got to do the podcast again. Oh, crap. Oh, that's a great response. Not crap. I should say (laughs) I should say it's oh, crap, because I saw what time it was. Okay, sure. I got to get out of bed and do nice save. Nice save. I'm always excited to do the podcast. (laughs) This is what I couldn't tell people. I'm like, this is my real job is doing the podcast. Seriously, though, sometimes even in my like busiest months, when I look at my letterbox diary, which I'm so glad to have now, now that I've had that a couple years, is like to be like, oh, some months when I'm busy, the only things I watch are the movies we watch for this podcast. So it makes me think if this podcast wasn't here, I'd watch no movies sometimes. Watch no movies. Oh, holy crap. I look at it and I'm like, no matter how like crazy my life is, somehow I'm still always got time to watch movies. Scary my... movies in particular. <laughs> yeah, that too. Because my letterbox, di- like my diary, I've always got every month is loaded. So. I love when it's loaded. I love movies. So I can't, <laughs> oh, okay. I, I can't stop my move. So Jeremy, I only heard one bit of news, but I immediately thought of mm. you. Do you know what it is? I bet I know what it is. I bet what? it's related to the big G himself. Big G Godzilla? Nope, that's yeah. not it. Oh, no. What's okay, that? never mind then. What's uh, that though? Well, there's all kinds of Godzilla news blowing up. Okay. I okay. forgot, like in past episodes, I forgot to mention that... Um, uh first i know you don't use it because you don't like commercials but i've really grown to uh when i cannot decide what to watch i just put on pluto tv and some channel of pluto tv to let play in the background so like the horror channel or the the 80s uh it's called 80s rewind and it's all just like bad 80s movies but they at the beginning of july they launched a godzilla channel that's only godzilla movies 24 7 uh oh. in a in a partnership with toho so like toho's making like toho used to be really precious about godzilla like there was a drought of godzilla stuff outside of japan for a long time where they really like saved everything just for the japanese market uh and i don't know why they got it into their heads they decided that their movies were not popular anywhere else but like at home so they only like released 
you know, little little releases of stuff here or there outside. But I think they've realized the fandom is huge, especially in the United States still uh, or has regrown or whatever. I'm sure it ebbed and flowed. I bet you there was a downturn in like interest. And that's probably why they decided that nobody in America likes Godzilla anymore. We're not going to bother with that market. But um, now they're recalibrating and they're doing so much like stuff and releasing it everywhere. Toho's opening a office in the United States. Uh, like a, a branch of the company is going to be operating within the US. So that's kind of cool. But anyway, to launch that Pluto TV channel was just the beginning of more good things because they just like surprise announced that Toho is releasing a new Godzilla movie this year, even. It's already coming out like in a couple months. Um, I think it launches in October in Japan and then December in the United States. Uh, and a trailer came out. It's called Godzilla Minus One. Uh, and it looks like from the description they gave, they said it's set in the 50s. Like they said, it's after World War II uh, and, you know, Godzilla emerges and wreaks havoc. So it okay. sounds like it's it's a remake of the very original movie is what I think is happening. So that's kind of cool. What do you think the minus one is in reference to? I think minus one, like I bet you it's one of those things where I read the title and I'm like, I bet it flowed better in Japanese or probably had like, you know what I mean? Like it's probably direct tr- translation from Japanese that probably means more in the original language or is easier to understand in the original language. But I think it's starting from like nothing. Like I think, uh, cause I had heard a rumor that Toho was inspired by the monster verse that legendary is doing with, you know, Godzilla and Kong and all that. Uh, and I think they want to start a new like series of movies starting from the beginning. That's going okay. to like be sequels again, sequelized movies, because they haven't done that with Godzilla in a long time. So I think they want to uh, do a sequelized, like a continuing storyline through each movie. So I think the minus one is that there's this is like the prequel and then setting the stage okay. for like, their continuing series now. That's what I think it is. We'll find out, I guess. But that's my assumption. I find it fascinating that there weren't like you know that it's different over there that it's there weren't pictures leaked and things like that that people didn't know about this like forever ago exactly that's what's blowing my mind like it was announced i think within the last year that they're doing a new godzilla movie and that's it that's like all the news that came out and people are like okay it'll be a few years before we see that it's like nope it's coming out this same year that they like announced within the year that they announced the news so does the trailer look cool it looks pretty cool Okay. It it looks like they're going for scary again and like actually like intense because it's just like quick scenes of chaos of people running and so you know a big Godzilla like coming out of the water and destroying but the city. That's what they've been doing with like Shin Godzilla and stuff. So that's not like new. It is. It's not new, new. So we'll see what happens. Okay. I'm wondering. Uh, this is just a tease, so we don't even know like the depths of what they're doing. So I guess we'll see what happens. Okay. But they've been sure to say it's not a continuation of Shin Godzilla. That was, you know, it's unfortunate that it ended on a cliffhanger. They could have done more with Shin Godzilla, but um, and they still an, could. They still could. They very well could. They they could do whatever they want. But this is a new one, and we'll see where it goes from there. No, my news was about. First of all, thank you for all of that news. I've just been dying to know what's going on in the Godzilla verse. Yeah, and a lot is happening with Godzilla. <laughs> so if you're into that, guys. There's a bunch of like all kinds of new Godzilla merch and releases and things are coming to the U.S. soon. Like a bunch of the old movies, too. There's rumor that those are going to get re-releases because a lot of them have been hard to get in the U.S. for many years. So, But what I heard about was another one of your boners. 
And that Ooh. is that they are rebooting Return of the Living Dead. Oh my God, that's right. Yes, because I saw a news article about that as well. And the thing so. that th- threw me, though, is they said they're treating the five existing movies as canon. Uh, and I was like, really? We're going to... Yeah, who cares? We're even going to think about four and five? Like, you know, one is great. Two is okay. Three, I... I keep hearing people say three was pretty good. Uh, I think it's one of those movies that over the years, there's been that move to reclaim it as no, like a, that as movement a, generally always is rubbish. Off, often they are wrong. They were only right with Halloween three. I think that's yeah. the only, I think that's the only one. And uh, uh, what's the other one that I've seen dream master nightmare on Elm street four. That's oh. another one that I would yeah. say there's been a move to reclaim that one as like, Oh, I think I started that movement. Okay? I think you started that movement, but I've seen a lot more people jump on that bandwagon recently. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's another one that's been kind of thrown to the side and they're reclaiming it. But return of the living dead sequels, especially three, like it's no, 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 those are cheesy, but four and five, especially those were made by the sci-fi channel, like direct to TV. Mm-hmm. movies, So they're particularly not good from what I remember, but yeah, I'm interested to see that they're going the legacy sequel route, of course, because they're saying it's a it's a sequel to all of the movies that came before it. Yeah. Um, all of those movies barely have any continuity to begin with, though. So I don't know what you're what are you basing it on? Because they're all like standalone stories anyway. But yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Do you have any other neos? I think that's it. Those are the big ones. All right, well, let's dive into some teragrams. Let's do it. So first up, we have one from Lauren, who writes uh, from Instagram. Follow us, scaring and sharing, all one word. And Lauren writes, we watched The Blackening last night. We enjoyed it, especially the quips between everyone. I appreciated that it kept a solid horror comedy vibe rather than being slapstick slash parody comedy with horror elements or something much darker that focused on the social horrors experienced by the black community. Something that I think turned a lot of the audience off to pieces like them and Antebellum. I know the concept of blackness is a very sensitive subject, but I like how they addressed it in a way that revolves around social identity and worth, which is an issue that can be related to by people of any race or ethnicity. I also laughed too hard at the, and just like my homophobic family says, gayness is just whiteness wrapped up in a bunch of dicks. Which was a great line. That was a hilarious line. And Lauren also writes, enlisting iconic nightclub horror scenes, because I also can think of a whole movie, because I also, I think maybe she went to say, I also can, cannot think of a whole movie. You guys forgot to mention Hellraiser 3, which <gasps> I've never seen. But oh you, my God. you, Jeremy, forgot to mention it. I did, because I'm, I like you Hellraiser 3. I do know that, and I like Hellraiser 3, and I'm leading the charge to reclaim Hellraiser 3 is not as bad as everyone. No, not really. It's not great, but I I have a soft spot for it. Um, But yeah, I really liked The Blackening too. I, you know, there are other films that I thought are a little better, but I enjoyed the ride for sure. I enjoyed the commentary. Uh, And and yeah, I, I haven't seen Antebellum and I'm not sure. Oh, Them is that TV series, right? That was on Amazon Prime. It didn't really take off. Like I no. heard a little bit about, and I was gonna watch it, and then oftentimes, like I wait to see what the hubbub is, yeah, with people, and then I hop on board or not. So, yeah, that was one of those ones that, like, when it launched, I seem to remember people being like, "New show, blah blah blah," and then you never heard anything about it as 
I feel like is the fate of many streaming series that are not like Stranger Things that <laughs> the world doesn't immediately fall in love with. They just kind of they come out and everyone's like, it's cool. And then you never hear about it again. Yeah. All right. Well, she also sent over a scream quiz because we talked about this forever ago, who we would be. Mm-hmm. We definitely said you'd be a Randy. And then you said I might be a Sydney. And I said I wanted to be a Tatum. Mm-hmm. So let's take this quiz. And I'll tell you afterwards um, what what Lauren got. Although she said she took two different ones and got two different answers. So do you okay. have it pulled up? I'm trying to. Okay. I've clicked on it. It's loading slowly. Oh, boy. Here, here we well, I'll go. tell you in, the, in advance. Lauren said uh, she took two different personality tests. One gave her Gail. The other gave her Billy, which mm. she laughs at with an emoji face. The emoji that looks like it's sweating and laughing. <laughs> oh, that one. <laughs> I That would be me. I'm sweating right now because I don't. I had the air on last time and I couldn't hear it when I wasn't saying anything. But whenever I spoke, I could hear the air along with my voice. And I thought I sounded a little bit like a robot. So oh, no. I'm just going to suffer through the heat today. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Do you have the quiz up? It is freezing my <laughs> computer. See, I could take it myself right now. And yeah, you could take I it. I want to take it with you. Why is mine doing this? All right. I can pull it up in two different screens and I can do yours as well. How about that? Let's go ahead. Okay. So, what is your favorite scary movie? The list is Friday the 13th. And I'm going to guess for you Friday the 13th, Halloween 1978, Nightmare on Elm Street, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Evil Dead, or Saw. I'm going to guess that you're going to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I am going to say Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Because yesterday I even referred to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, as my all-time favorite movie, period. Okay, great. What's your greatest fear? Betrayal, snakes, spiders, isolation, people finding out the truth, or dying. Mm. Personally, I'm going to say betrayal. Betrayal. That's what Mm. I'm going with. A very personal thing. Yeah. Mm. What about you? You just have to go off your gut. Wait, what was your favorite movie? Nightmare on Elm Street is mine. Oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. Okay. I'm also going to say betrayal because I don't okay. like that. How many times do you let the phone ring before answering? First of all, go straight to voicemail. First ring, third ring, stare at the phone until you feel like picking up. Second ring or fourth ring? I'm going to say just, stare at the phone. Until I, I stare at the phone until I feel like picking up. <laughs> okay, great. Let's both go with that because... We're going to be the same thing. <laughs> we are. There is if, a, you, uh, if you had to choose, if you had to be the killer in a horror movie, which one would you choose? Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, Ghostface, Michael Myers, Jigsaw, or Pennywise? Hmm. I know my main guy isn't even on here. Who's that? Leatherface. Oh, Leatherface. Well, if you had to pick one of the, I'm going to pick Freddy because he's I, quippy and the gayest of all of them, I'm going to say. I'm going to go with Jason. Okay. Because I like that Jason is into, like, punishment, because I can get behind that, where he, you know, the idea is revenge, and these stupid kids are trespassing where they shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And I'm turning into an old man, so I'm like, get off my lawn, stupid kids, (laughs) so I'm going to go with Jason. All right, the next question is, there is a violent murder at your high school. What is the first thing you do? Investigate. Call the victim's family. Throw a celebratory party in their honor. Assess the murder and match the horror tropes. Ditch class for the next couple of days. Interrogate the students. I am going to call the victim's family. Oh, look at you. You're so nice. I feel like I would. I mean, if they were a good friend of mine. Yeah. Let's see. There's a violet murder. I I probably wouldn't call. I'd probably do something else like, you know, send a card or something. But that is where I'm going to go. 
<laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm going to assess the murder and match the horror tropes. Yeah, that was my second guess, but I'm going to still go with Call the Victim's Family. All right, who would be your closest friend at Woodsboro High? Casey, Randy, Sydney, Tatum, Billy, or Stu? I think it's obvious I'd be friends with Randy. For sure. I'm going to say Tatum because I would be the GBF. And that, mm-hmm. I, could, I would be the GBF to Sydney and Tatum, but I feel like Tatum and I would have the most fun. Mm-hmm. Which character is the most underrated from the franchise? Kirby, Mickey, Jill, Tatum, Dewey, or Stu? I mean, Kirby, for sure. Oh, I'm saying Dewey. Okay. You're at a house party, and they send you to get more beer from the fridge in the garage. The door abruptly slams behind you. What do you do? Laugh. Scream at the top of your lungs. Say spooky in a silly voice. (laughs) Pick up the bat beside the fridge. Start whistling to calm yourself down. Get the beer as if nothing happened. I'm going to say, say spooky in a silly voice. I would get the beer as if nothing happened. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay, we're almost done. If you had to be killed off in a movie, how would you want to do it? Gut like a fish, clear shot to the head, multiple stab wounds, impaled by the tip of an umbrella, electrocuted by the television falling on your head, a car accident. You had to be killed off in a movie. I'm going to go clear shot to the head. Just I mean, if I'm in a movie, I want it quick. to be exciting. So I'm going to say multiple stab. No, I'm going to say gut like a fish. Like quick. if I'm going to go out, I want it to be exciting. Mm. Which song would be playing while Ghostface attacks you? Wannabe by the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, I already know that's mine. Wonderwall by Oasis. I do love that's one of my all-time favorite songs. Bittersweet yeah. Symphony, Symphony, The Verve, You Oughta Know, Alanis Morissette. I love that. Good Vibrations um, by, isn't that the Beach Boys? Why does it? Oh, no, this is Good Vibrations. Yeah, it's Marky Mark and the Funky Munch. Yeah. And November Rain are the options. Guns I'm still going to go with Wannabe by Spice Girls. Yeah. All right. No, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna go with November Rain for me because it'd be like in the cold November Rain as okay. I as I go down. Yep. I'm going to guess you got Stu. Oh no! Did you? No. Billy. I got, I got Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I got? I think you got Stu. I got Sydney. Oh, you got Sydney. Yeah. Okay. Well, says, I'm I'm Billy. It says so. you got Sydney. You are tough, sensible, and resourceful. You're not going to lie down and die for anyone. While you get scared like everyone else, you have natural survivor's reflex that help you navigate life and death moments with an impressive level of poison grace. I guess I'm gonna try and kill you. <laughs> what does your description say? Does it fit? Not really. Oh, okay. It says I had a tough upbringing and some other <laughs> stuff. I already closed it. So. Oh, boy. Oh, no. All right. Well, thanks, Lauren. That was fun. And yes. I'll, I'll post this in some story and people can take it and tell us who you are. I want to know. Although I will say that Billy has that, you know, amazing line uh, in the beginning of the movie where he's like, I was watching The Exorcist and it made me think of you, which is pretty sure something I've said to people before. So. For sure something you would say. Mm-hmm. And you know, Jeremy, this is a great segue because we have another giveaway. I mentioned this way back when we did Scream 6 and we gave away virtual codes. Well, now we have Blu-rays, like physical Blu-rays to give away. That is exciting. It's so fucking exciting. It's our first <laughs> physical giveaway. It is. Like, like I really want to do like the stripper 
yeah. giveaway with the Blu-rays, but I don't want to break them. And throw D- or throw Blu-rays <laughs> at somebody. Like, like Hellraiser 3 or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, the CDs he, are flying. When he spits the CDs. <laughs> what we should do is have somebody like in a ghost face costume dancing and then just throw Blu-rays at them. Yes. Like yeah, you know. There's okay, our promo. Catch them. Yep, yep, there you go. There's our promo video. So let me read this very exciting description. Bring home Scream 6 on 4K UHD disc now. Ghostface is back and more terrifying than ever on a rampage in the Big Apple. Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, and Courtney Cox star in the sensational slasher hit Scream 6, directed by Matt Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillette. Get over an hour of killer bonus content when you buy on 4K UHD disc. Available at participating retailers rated r from paramount pictures or available through us if you just hit us up and say i want one of those blu-rays bish yeah and this is the 4k you know this is top of the line this is the best quality you can i mean get does right uhd now, so. stand for ultimate high definition ultimate ultimate or ultra okay either way it's like in your face it's the best <laughs> i mean i i've jumped on the 4k train 4k looks beautiful i'm all about it you know it's closest to that filmic quality I think we've ever had as to like actually watching something on film in a theater. So I don't get it. I need someone to like, I don't know if it's our TV or our DVD. I don't know, but I, I have not experienced it to be like, Oh yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. like the UHD or 4k stand. Like to me, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but I haven't really experienced it. So who's to say? Yeah. I think it comes with experience and training your eye to be like, cause I initially too, like, I remember the jump from DVD to Blu-ray and I was like, it's just really all that much better. And then eventually your eye gets, you know, you, you learn it, you get trained to it and you're like, oh yeah, it is. You can tell when you really go back and forth between them. So well, someone will have to teach me someday. I'm willing one, and able one day. So hit us up for not a promo code, but for a literal Blu-ray hit us the fuck up. Hell yeah. And Jeremy, I think you have our next telegram. Okay. Next telegram. Yes. Uh, So Matthew has written in to us and he says, hello, scare buddies. Oh, and the subject is the red door. Hello, scare buddies. I would like to preface this. I have never seen any of the insidious films. Red door was my first. I call it the red boar. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Take that movie. Roasted. My partner researched if you had to see the other films to understand this one. And the consensus was no. So we did a double feature mission impossible followed by insidious the red door for insidious my partner and i were the only two people in the theater i love it when this happens i have to say i love when that happens now too because we went to a packed audience of the red door but Mm -hmm. nowadays like i hate going to the movies with a full crowd because nobody knows how to behave at a movie theater anymore and it's always annoying and distracting Mm -hmm. so anyway uh matthew continues and i understand why no one else was in there this movie was awful whoa while a few of the jump scares were effective i thought the film was very slow and was kind of searching for a plot as it went along i feel they could have shortened it by 10 minutes which could have saved it a bit i almost watched the first one the night before but decided against it and now seeing this movie has ruined that forever happening for me or ever happening for me. Uh, on the way home, I listened to your episode about it and was a little surprised you both liked it. Maybe this was because was because I haven't seen the first or any of the others. Um, I think so. I think that at least seeing the first movie, this movie means a little more, I think, if you have watched the first one. I wanted to let you know about some books I've read. I've read three horror thriller novels this summer. I can't believe I'm turning into a bookworm. First was Negative Space by B.R. Yeager. 
This book is dark. I was trying to process it for a while after I read it. Apparently, I'm not the only person who's had the reaction. Research trigger warnings before you read. I do recommend you read it. Uh, theme music by T. Marie Vandaly. This was a really good book. Had some supernatural and slasher elements. I highly recommend this. Third act in the book was an edge-of-your-seat page-turner. And finally, The Thing Between Us by Gus Moreno. This was a quick read and incredibly well-written. I really liked how it deals with the theme, Grief. This is Moreno's debut novel, and I'm really excited to read more from him. Checked all of those out from my local library, which I recommend you do, unless you want to take Brandy Joe up on his Audible offer. (laughs) Signed, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew. And I, Matthew had um, posted yesterday and tagged us in a post about reading Salem's Lot right now. And through that post, Ethan wrote us and said that they have worked together on like a theatrical venture. So Ethan and Matthew know each other. Oh, wow. And I know Matthew from Wayne State from when I went to grad school. Oh, very cool. I know. So I love Small that. Small world. I know. Small world indeed. But yes, I here's the thing, Matthew. I don't think either of us loved The Red Door. I do think it was fine. It's not as good as part one, or really part two for that matter. But I think it barely got a scare of approval. It was like yeah. just. It was so, low. It was low. But, but yes, I think not having seen part one or part two, I think makes it a pretty rough watch, quite honestly. Yeah, I think it would be pretty, like... I was somewhat confused having never seen part two at times. Yeah. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. So if I had never seen part one as well, like I just have no idea what's going on. So, And part one is worth it. I mean, the end is not great, but the first half is pretty dynamite. So mm-hmm. there's some really terrific scares, some that hold up after all these years, like rewatching it still scary <laughs> as fuck. So I'm not saying go out and watch it, but I'm saying you could watch it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I appreciate what Matthew did here in, in, in these book, you know, recommendations. I, I like when someone says, you know, check this out for trigger warnings. I know we've talked about trigger warnings in the past. I just don't like when someone says trigger warnings are blank, 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 because like, you know, I, I want to be fully surprised. And if I know it's going to have a dead dog or whatever in it then i'm just waiting for that the whole time but Mm. i do really appreciate someone saying like this has some things you may want to research trigger warnings if you have them i'm all for that sort of just how matthew did it here Mm -hmm. so i'm definitely gonna look into some of these if i ever get back to listening to books ever again (laughs) there you go Someday on a big road trip or whatever, for sure. But thank you, Matthew, for writing us. We appreciate you listening. Thank you. Yeah. And I just have to give a quick corrections corner. My okay. friend John listens to this podcast, and I didn't know he was a faithful listener, but he is the one who had told me about the latest season of Black Mirror and that the second episode was like the the most like a scary movie, and that I could start with that one. And I just wanted to give a shout out to John for that recommendation and for listening because he's awesome and i just i I didn't know he was a faithful listener maybe he's told me before and my residual stoner brain forgot it but thank Mm -hmm. you john we appreciate you and we're glad you're here thanks john yes and um we have one last telegram let me go ahead and read it and it is from our good old trusted teacher drew who writes morning my friends i'm going to lead with the most exciting news i heard this week a new Final Destination movie. It's easily one of my favorite franchises. I can't wait. 
Fun story about the first movie. The night before we took a choir trip to France, each one of the chaperones met with the groups they were in charge of. My group had pizza, and we watched the first installment, which was about a high school trip to France gone horribly wrong. Needless to say, when the choir director found out, she was livid. <laughs> I revisited the movie Mirrors with Kiefer Sutherland. I've always been fascinated with the subgenre and the superstition surrounding mirrors. Your thoughts? My fifth novel of the summer is The Spite House by John Johnny Compton. It's a haunted tale that's been compared to The Shining. So far, I like it. I'll keep you posted. Thanks for the mutant, in parentheses, Night Shadows recommendation. It was a fun and interesting watch. I'm surprised I've never heard of it. About St. Maud, I appreciate the overall aesthetic and understand its appeal, but I just didn't connect with this one. When your next episode is released, I will be in Seattle. I look forward to hearing it, as always. That's all for now. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thanks, Teacher Drew. And yes, I'm glad you watched Mutant. Yeah, I was going to say, I love that. Uh, I follow Teacher Drew on Letterboxd. Uh, and I like seeing, uh, I don't know, it warms my heart when I see that he has watched <laughs> a movie like we talk about, like right after the episode drops, because I saw all of a sudden Mutant popped up on there. And I was like, oh, he watched it. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. And regarding Mirrors, I did not see it because I did not hear good things. I think that's another one of those J-horror remakes. I think yeah. there is an original. Yes, and it's one of those ones that, like, I've seen that Kiefer Sutherland version on, like, television, or at least, like, parts of it on television mm -hmm. over the years. But, yeah, I don't remember a lot about it, and I don't remember the original movie that I think it's based on. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I don't have, um... I'm not like scared of mirrors. I used to love playing Bloody Mary back in the day. I was going to say, uh, Teacher Drew, you just awoken something in me that I forgot oh. about, which is like, yeah, I was like totally obsessed with mirrors as a kid and the like urban legends and ideas, you know, that mirrors are the other side of like a parallel dimension or something like that, where like through the looking glass. Yes. Like the idea that, you know, when I look away, is my reflection looking away or is it still looking at me like that sort of, you know, I can, I don't know because I have to look away from the mirror. Uh, and I also play Bloody Mary a ton. So I was also fascinated by the idea that mirrors are a gateway to like the spirit world or something like that. So, uh, yeah, no, I've been pretty fascinated by mirrors. I don't think I've ever seen anything really like the only thing I can think of is twin peaks had some cool, like use of mirrors throughout its like run with the whole, you know, the, the, the spirit like world that exists within that, uh, in that story. Um, but I can't think of very many horror movies that make effective use of like mirrors as a major, you know, plot point as opposed to just like jump scares and stuff. But mm -hmm. but that would be cool. Other than mirrors is what we're talking about. Like, I can't think of too many that are like, I guess Oculus. There you <laughs> oh, go. Yeah, that's Oculus. Like, to me, like the, the that's the mirror movie. Yeah. But it's like, I don't think there are too many. So I think it's an underutilized subgenre. Hearing about it makes me think of there was this adaptation of Alice in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass. I watched a lot as a kid that had Carol Channing in it. It was so good. It was a TV movie. But the second book deals with the Jabberwocky. And mm -hmm. this particular movie did as well. And it used to scare the shit out of me. And Through the Looking Glass is all like it sounds like she does go through a mirror to yes. like Wonderland as opposed to like falling into a hole. And it's and slightly it was different, so right? Yes. It's Isn't like everything, thing, but like... kind of like creepy. Yeah, everything's a little messed up going through the looking glass instead of 
Yeah. yeah. And then so that's also what it makes me think of. The hole in the ground. Because the mirrors, if you, in, in the reflection, you saw that whoever they were, they weren't really a person anymore. Oh, right. Remember? Yeah. That was mm-hmm. mirrors were a key part of the hole in the ground. And then like vampires, so, right? Yeah. Like the vampires don't wrong. have a reflection. So I remember I used to do that as a kid, too, was like, see if people had a reflection. <laughs> You'd literally do that. Oh, my God. Is that person a vampire? I would. I would pay attention if mirrors were around That's to see. Hilarious. Because I was a I was an odd little kid. Yeah. And I also think stupidly of the boy. And there's like in the teaser and in the movie, too. But like she's like going near or maybe is it a mirror? Or maybe it's a painting, and then the painting, like, comes to life and grabs her through it. But, like, there's definitely lots of stuff in movies where, like, the mirror will reflect back something that, like, the face is different. Or I, I always used to creep in Dolores Claiborne, which is, like, right up there with misery to me in regards to Stephen King adaptations and Kathy Bates' all-time best performances mm. and Jennifer Jason Lee, just so, so good. It's less of a horror, more of a thriller, of course. Yep. But there is a scene where Jennifer Jason Lee is in, like, the the bathroom on, like, a, like a ferry. And she, I, I feel like, and I'm maybe remembering this wrong, but I think I'm remembering it correctly. She's, like, staring in the mirror and she turns around and, like, her reflection doesn't turn around, mm. you know? Like, I like when that happens in movies. I think that's particularly creepy, like, when the reflection does something just a little different. As opposed to, like, full out, like grows you know devil teeth or horns or whatever like when it's a little more subtle like yes if you weren't really paying attention you almost wouldn't catch it but it's like oh something weird is going on here mm-hmm. there's something like that in the bathroom like she turns and it doesn't or I-, I can't remember exactly but i love fucking dolores claiborne god damn that movie is so yeah good i have often heard that referred to as there you go an underrated stephen king story because it's one nobody ever mentions but like the handful of people i know that have like read it or talk about the movie all say like both are amazing and why does nobody ever talk about those like it kind of came out and just got lost in his body of work apparently yeah and it's like a companion piece to gerald's game like oh yeah, the, I've heard that too. That, like, stuff. Yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, it connects heavily to Gerald's game, like it directly does, yeah. to it. Like they're set around the same events. Because mm-hmm. Stephen King usually, I know he loves to do that. Like many of his novels are like subtly connected to each other by like the same events, just in different towns and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I know the Gerald's game, Dolores Claiborne connection is a bit more pronounced than some of his other stuff. Definitely. All right, well, do you have anything else to talk about? Thank you, everyone, for writing in. Sorry. Uh, write to us, scaringandsharing at gmail.com, or slide into our Insta DMs. Yes, or DMs. <laughs> uh, no, that's it. That's all I got right now. All right, well, let's um, let's dive into our shares, shall we? I'm sharing with you first this week. You are. And I have a couple of sequels that I um, have been thinking of giving you, and I'm going to give you this one that's been on my list forever. Mm-hmm. And that is The Strangers, Pray at Night. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, I loved The First Strangers. Uh, I remember it came out and I felt like I was the only person that liked it. Did you Did you have that same reaction? Yeah, the first one. Like, Oh, fuck no. Like, I, lots of people. I think it's a great film. Really? Okay, that's like a, different from my experience. Because it came out, I saw it, loved it, and I felt like nobody I knew talked about it or saw it. And those that oh. I did know about it were just like, eh. It was just a dumb horror movie. Like people didn't care about oh, no. it when it came out. I think out, it's some so. of the best scares ever are yeah, in that film. It's great. So I always wanted to see this because I heard that this also had like a mixed reaction when it came out. But I know it's more of strangers action. Like I know it's a different setting. 
but the same thing with masked mystery assailants attacking random people in a new location. So I'm excited to to watch it. And I know they're making a three, aren't they? Yeah, I think I think they announced a three, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen. I think it's, it's been... like supposed to be in the fall. I feel Is like it... it's supposed to happen. And well, I think it might be a prequel. I can't remember. I don't know. Now we have the writer's strike and the actor's True. strike going on. So who knows what projects could I not know. see the light of day now. That's always a possibility. But those yeah. people need to get paid. I'm not I saying... 100% agree. It's a price to pay for everyone to get compensated properly and if you haven't watched it the first episode of the new season of black mirror couldn't have come out at a more appropriate time it is that's what i'm hearing yeah and it is just insane i highly recommend watching it it's a great episode and just it i just got like goosebumps just like it 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 is just so crazy how it is coming out in this this exact time so yeah so but anyway uh i'm excited to see that so awesome uh and so i got a I think a fun one for you, okay. uh, which is after we talked about it last week, I'm like, man, I'd be remiss if I didn't just give this to you this week, building off uh, watching mutant last week, this week, I'm assigning you nightmare at noon. Oh, I don't know. What the f- did we talk about that? We did. It's a, it's got wings, Hauser and Bo Hopkins. In it oh. again, so, well, I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Even better. Even better. Um, well, but I do love a horror movie set during daytime. So if the title is anything like it says, it will be taking place at noon at some point. <laughs> yes. I'm going to say uh, there's a killer in a small town that has a mercantile. I'm envisioning, um, you know, Little House on the Prairie, maybe cowboys. And but it's a murderer who looks like a fucked up Zorro. And there is a family and an outcast who comes into town. I mean, I imagine it in my head like a like an old timey western. So that's what I'm going with. Old timey cool. western killer. Cool. I, I can't imagine that's right, but that's what I'm saying. All right, you know, you're gonna be surprised which elements you're not off on. So, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I'm pumped. Let's watch these and come back and tiakibi at them. Awesome. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Uh, and as you know, uh, listeners that have been with us, this is the part where we talk about the movies when we assign movies to each other. And uh, and those that have been with us, thanks for putting up with us, reminding you every week <laughs> that this is where we talk about the movies. So. And if you want to skip ahead to Jeremy's film that he gave to me, Nightmare at Noon, just look in the podcast notes and you can see where to skip ahead to. But we hope you stick around with us to yeah. talk about The Strangers, colon, Pray at Night. Directed by Johannes Roberts, I believe is how you pronounce it. And the tagline on Letterboxd is, let us pray, P-R-E-Y, by the way. And the description is, a family's road trip takes a dangerous turn when they arrive at a secluded mobile home park to stay with some relatives and find it mysteriously deserted. Under the cover of darkness, three masked psychopaths pay them a visit to test the family's every limit as they struggle to survive. Jeremy, Hell yeah. Hell your first yeah. time watching this. What are your THOTSs? Uh, I thought it was great. You I had did? A lot of, I did. I had a lot of fun with this. Oh my god, I am shocked. I'm shooketh. You're shooketh? No, yeah, I, I am. I, mean, I, like, I like the original Strangers. 
Um, and what I liked about this one, though, was like they took the course concept and stripped it down to an even more simplified like version. How of, so? Like, what it is like? Well, because in the first Strangers, there I feel like there's a lot more drama, you know, like of the human, you know, of your characters, because you're dealing with. From what I remember, it's been years since I watched it, but I remember there's this marital strife going on or were they married? I can't remember. But anyway, he, there's, they were at a wedding and he had, enge- he proposed and she turned him down. That's but you what don't see any of that. It's all sort of subtle. It plays out, but yeah, yes. there's, there's this subtle like discord in there and it's about them. And then this like horrible situation happens to him. This one, like, you know, clearly this family's got some stuff going on. They decide to go visit family that owns this trailer park. Sorry, spoilers guys, but that's the setup. It happens. Oh real yeah. That's fast. the setup. And then from there, you're just off and running with like murderous slasher movie mayhem. And I don't know, I guess I did this just hit me at the right time. Cause I love a simple <laughs> slasher movie. Cause a lot of them try to be too clever, too, uh, too many gimmicks or, you know, too many twists or whatever. This was just a simple cat and mouse, like slasher story. And I appreciated that. So, I mean, yes, I am surprised. I thought for sure you were going to say the opposite. I, I, I don't know if I liked it more this time. I definitely, the first time I watched it, was very excited because they had been talking about it for years and years and years. Because mm-hmm. this came this 10 years out after the original. Took forever to get made. But for the longest time, they, were, they had told the, put out the plot. The, the sequel to The Strangers is going to be taking place at like a trailer park. That was sort of the setup. Mm-hmm. And so I was so excited. I thought, what a cool like change up from having it just at one house, like the original one, but where then all of a sudden, like they show up and everyone is gone because it's after labor day or whatever, which is fine and maybe true, but make it a campground then like Mm -hmm. with cabins, I would say, but it would have been, I think it could have upped the ante and made it more of a, a different turn. Had there been more people living in the trailer park? Or yeah. if I had, like, it's this whole road trip thing because the daughter is troubled and the parents have tried everything they could and we're going to take her to boarding school, which also to me just seems sort of tired. Like, amp up your creativity a little bit. Let it be that mm-hmm. the girl really wants to go away because she's tired of the parents fighting, so she's raised the money and she's going to go away to boarding school and they, they're fine, we'll take you. You know, I don't know. Just It's just so, like, duh. Like, I just love it. I want people to be more creative in their choices sure and it feels like but also how can you fault it it's just a silly slasher right yeah Yeah. at the same time i think that kind of uh it would have been better if this was like a fully populated trailer park and there was like people everywhere like getting in the way which would have been cooler but i'm assuming they did not have the budget to have that many actors so (laughs) i think that was like a uh, by necessity they're like well we'll make it like not really populated (laughs) this trailer park it also could have been more fun not giving anything away here really but it would have been more fun to follow the mom and the dad than the son and the daughter I think so too. Um, but yeah, they're yeah. your bigger names, so they probably needed less of them <laughs> because yeah. of what they had to pay them. Yep, probably had to do with the money they had but to pay. Good old Christina Hendricks from Mad Men. I'm sure she, you know, she was like the top biller. And then Martin Henderson from what classic horror film? Oh shit, I'm blanking. The Ring. Oh yes, you're right. Okay, he's I was staring at him, and I was like, "Why do I know him?" God, he's so hot. Yeah. And then the kids. Um, and I was gonna say, "God, Christina Hendricks is so hot." So. Oh my god, she is gorgeous. You're right. Because I've always loved a ginger, a ginger girl, and a ginger boy too. But when I was a kid, I was always in love with the ginger girls in my high school mm-hmm. and and other uh, surrounding schools at like forensics tournaments and things like that. Um, 
And then the kids like are fine. Kinsey is Bailey Madison, the actress. I think she's fine. She's a little boring. She reminds me of my friend Meredith. But I really like Luke, who's Lewis Pullman. Mm-hmm. I think he's pretty good. But there's like hands down like one scene that's amazing in this movie. And uh, like everyone can agree. If you're going to say the swimming pool, it was yes. fucking gorgeous the way that was shot. Like I couldn't believe how astounded I was by the way that was all set up. Like it was incredible. Totally. And the one thing this movie does that the first movie does so well also is, and I can't remember the term for it. I feel like it has Jesus or Christ in the title, but you've talked about it before, like Jesuit music or Christish <laughs> music. What is Di- that term? Uh, the, the diegesis. Diegesis. Jesus, not yes. Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> what it's, does that mean? Like, what I, is the, the root of that? You look it up. I, but I think that this movie does that about 80s music. Yes, it does. And I and I fucking love 80s music. So you know what? Whatever. I saw people on Letterboxd like, I'm sick of them using 80s pop songs. Like, I'm not. Fill Never. every movie. Fill every movie with 80s pop songs. I love it. And this one also had one that I'd never heard before this film that is now on like my general rotation and I'm going to have to look it up right now. Cause of course it's Cambodia. Do you know this song? It mm. is by Kim Wilde and it is so good. Never heard it before this film, but I remember sound clouding it or shazamming it the first time I watched this. And I was like, I love this song. And when it came on, I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. This is where that song came from for me. Yeah. So diegesis is from the Greek. It's from Greek and it means to narrate. Uh, and so okay. the, like the actual meaning of it is like it is it is everything it's the world of the narrative so it's the things like the characters within the narrative are aware of so they can hear the music so it's diegetic music and this Whereas, has a lot of that wouldn't you say yes yes absolutely because they're turning up radios they're listening to it because you would call it like a film score is non-diegetic is what they call that because the characters are not aware of the film score they're not aware of edits in the film you know so now the film score here it sometimes sounds like the fog it does like totally i feel yeah, like it was I, don't cool. know. I was like it's all synthy i'm like this is just hitting so many sweet spots for me like as soon as it started i was like cool and then of course one of the the callbacks or the um homages at the end also probably hit home for you mm-hmm. yeah i was like oh it's turning into a little bit of uh one of my favorite movies of all time here like some yeah. nice nods to it i also think uh the character i guess is officially referred to as the man in the mask the male mm-hmm. uh yep part of the strangers and i just think his design is so awesome like i love his look like i think he's a underrated it's simple it's understated but like it sticks with you and i think that's awesome yeah because it's kind of jason part two and the sound that the town that dreaded sundown but like wearing like a suit almost so it's a little bit like leatherface if you mixed leatherface in there because he's wearing a suit and tie like leatherface does yes. for a, a lot of the original uh-huh. texas chainsaw so yeah and then the masks are creepy. There's Pinup yeah. Girl and Dollface. And the girl who played Pinup Girl had to be recast because she became too claustrophobic wearing her mask. Which, oh. Hey, okay. You're wearing mm-hmm. a mask. Who the fuck cares? And so they had her stand uh, or her stunt double stand in for her or take over the role. Take over the role. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, but that's also, I think, why she is in it a little less than some of the other two. Yeah. 
I just, the pool scene is so good. I remembered it being awesome and it was, I could have had it go on longer, but of yes. course anything that's like really beautiful because it's like shiny, it's, it's neon, it's, it's using total eclipse of the heart. Oh my like, God. It goes to like the angles they decided to use in it too. Like that above from above, like crane shot. And I'm like, and just something about water and the color. And it just, I was like, this is fucking gorgeous. And I can't believe I'm saying that about like a slasher movie, but <laughs> it is, it is that scene is so so good i just feel there are like two other scenes in particular that i feel could have been effective and they weren't Mm -hmm. one takes place in a bathroom a very tight bathroom and another takes place in a car both of these are like you know in a crashed car and both of these like really are like these confined claustrophobic situations that i feel the scene could have been so powerful because you're you know, staying in someone's cab, like trailer or out camping and a camper and those mm-hmm. little tiny bathrooms or like just that, just like in Scream 2 with the use of like the car or um, I know you did last summer when mm-hmm. someone's like sort of trapped in a car and the situation, how tense it can be if there's like a killer around. But I don't feel like either one of those scenes deliver. And it's really no. unfortunate. The, and I know ex- both those scenes are set up with so much tension. Uh, that you're like, oh my God, like this is like, end this already. Like the tension buildup is perfect. It's just the climax of both those scenes is just kind of disappointing because it could have been so much more. It also feels way more than the original to me that the killers are like superheroes. Yeah. Like they seem to be everywhere. Yes, they're much more like, teleporting jason if you will <laughs> than they were in the first one like they're much more like true slasher movie villains this time around than like uh more realistic more human like killers which less is like, kind of yeah less like real life serial killers more like slashy movie super villains so and i mean where it gets interesting is sort of the outcome of the villains mm-hmm. in this one compared to the first one and what i'm saying like it just it's it's weird in that way but i I feel like if this movie were rooted a little bit more in reality, which I know it's like whatever, but it's like a, a slasher that just like putting it in a unique location mm-hmm. could have been so cool had it been more rooted in like these are real people. They mm-hmm. and and that, that our characters aren't, I mean, again, typical horror movie. So why am I complaining? But like you find a gun, hold on to the gun. You have all these places you can hide, find somewhere that you can hide and not be found, which I can, what's the movie if you find a good hiding spot and, and they don't find you, but that's not the whole point here is be creative. Let someone yeah. find a good hiding spot and let it be interesting from there. Then their family member you hear off screaming. So then they get out of the good hiding spot. You know, there's just, I feel creative ways to not be cliched and boring mm-hmm. that I wanted this movie to do because I feel the setup is so great. Yeah. For sure. I think you're going to be like my script reader. Once, <laughs> once I finish writing something, I'll be like, what does BJP think about this? Like I found there's a and whatever. This is not a big spoiler. But like at one point, they're like, we need to call somebody. And all of their phones magically were left behind, first of all, which these are mm-hmm. teenagers. There are yeah, two teenagers who are not going to leave their phone behind. It's glued to them. It's glued to them. But they all leave their phones back at the place where they're staying and the killer has found them because inevitably or not inevitably but um presumably they were all just left on the dining room table yeah. and like ruined them and it's yep. like again 
let let them be able to call the cops. Let the cops be like, oh, that's fine. But you know that we're located 45 minutes away. We'll be there as soon as we can. Like mm-hmm. let their and then let it play out in real time as they're waiting for the cops. Like I just feel yeah. there's a cl- more clever way than like this stupid. Somehow we got a hold of all of your cell phones and, and smashed them all. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like after that is when it starts to just kind of go downhill for me. I'm like, oh, this setup was good. The opening mm-hmm. scene is a little effective. It could have had a bit or, more of a punch, but I, I still feel there were a couple elements in the opening that were like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know about the new one coming out? The new three, three. coming out. I would, that, I was, I would see, I was not going to, I was wanted to see if you knew. Yeah, no, I looked it up and I was like, wait, weren't they making a new one? And then I read online that they shot three simultaneous to each other. Yeah, which we and, love that. But it, there's no news. I know. The last the, update was that they wrapped production on all three of them, but uh, like last like, year, last year, and no further news. Yeah, but Rennie Harlan, yeah, of all people, directed them, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, Rennie Harlan, who I suppose he probably kept working. I mean, I only know him for you know uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four, yeah. Die Hard Two, you know, big '80s director, and then he did Deep Blue Sea, if I remember, uh, and then kind of has been quietly making i think smaller things since then but um yeah where where are they where are they but i'm so excited for the fact that there's three and they filmed them i I feel like you're gonna have some carryover characters yeah which i just think helps a franchise and better continuity yep this one and the second one and also not that you really know but none of the actors are the same the only reason Mm -hmm. i knew that was because is Tamara home is not the same voice. Like I can remember that voice from the original. So, so well. Yeah. And it's really, this could just be standalone from the first one. They're like, there's not really any connective tissue to say these are the same killers or it's even the same universe or that this is a sequel to the first one. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And not that you need a bunch of explaining, but like the end of the first one, and I'm pretty sure this is actually in it and not a deleted scene. Like you find out at the end of it that, like one of them says to the other stranger, don't worry, it will be easier the next time. Mm-hmm. So you get the impression that at least one of them had never done it before, but the others had. Mm-hmm. And so like, I like, I wish that there was some tie in to give us an idea if this had been going on forever. Like, I don't know how you would tie it back to be like, we just came from Scott Speedman and Liv Tyler's house. I don't mm-hmm. know how that tie in happens. And I don't want a bunch of backstory, but like just something to give us an idea of the, the journey that these, this trio has taken. Yeah. Are these the same people? Have they just been like, you know, traveling the country doing this? Like what's going on there? Is so. it a cult that like, they all use the same masks yeah. and do similar things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm excited for the trilogy because I feel like they're, I don't know if they're going to be using the same masks. It's not, mm-hmm. as far as I know, supposed to be the same killers, but I hope it's just the idea. And I hope it's just sort of stretched out over three somewhat short ish movies. Yeah, that'd be good. And the fact that they were all filmed at once, maybe two of them come out in a year and the next one, like, I want that, like, I don't want to have to wait around forever for them. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to be a situation like uh, the Fear Street trilogy on Netflix where they'll drop them over the course of, like, you know, a a quarter in the year where it's like, okay, first we're going to release this and then a few months later you'll get the second one and then wrap it up, like, at the end of the year with the third one or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking more of, like, Pearl and X. That too. But what if they did come out on like a streaming service, like over the course of like three weeks, that could be fun. That would be fun. So it's like one long movie. Yeah. But yeah, overall, 
like I said, it's it's fine. And there's also like sort of an Ichabod Crane feeling at the end. There's like a, a bridge, and if I can only get through the bridge, and there's mm-hmm. fire, and yeah, and then I'm safe. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. And that pool sequence, I just thought of it. It's very Argento esque. Mm. Like it reminds me of something that'd be in Jar- Argento or you know in a Giallo movie with the color, like the saturated color and all that. Yeah. But our lead girl is nowhere like Liv Tyler. I mean, Liv Tyler is so good in the original. I love yeah. her. I just love her overall. And this girl, like, yeah, you kind of, I don't know. I'm not mm-hmm. like rooting against her, but I'm not rooting for her. Yeah, like, I, just, I don't grow to love her. I'm kind of like. We're just kind of watching. Although yeah. points for the fact that she's wearing a Ramones t-shirt. Because it made me think <laughs> how when I was a teenager, I had a Ramones t-shirt that I wore all the time. So I was into that. Okay. Okay. All right. Oh, and I have one other thing I want to say, just because this mm-hmm. reminded me. Do you know what an upside, like if you're camping and you see it like an upside down pineapple or like flamingos in like someone's lawn, what they mean? No. That they're swingers. Oh, okay. I'd always heard the upside down pineapple, but apparently flamingos as well can be, can be. Okay. Like I wouldn't go up to someone who had a flamingo and like whip out your dick and expect them to suck it. Yeah. But <laughs> it is like a, like a, maybe like a, a little signifier that, hey, we're swingers and we want to play with you. Mm, interesting. In, in the camping world. But this sort of remind it felt like sort of a like a vacation, come yeah. here for the summer, old people and hang out at our cool pool and go yeah. away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Anything else to say? That's really it. This was just like quick and simple and I liked it. All right. Well, out of five trucks of fire trucks of fire i give it three and a half i'm gonna give it three and then just up a half because of the pool scene yeah it's just watch the movie for that people like that scene is awesome that seems awesome awesome. yep that is a scare of approval all right well good good game let's go on to let's move on i also like the uh, fact that we somehow like there's some symmetry to this episode with the titles because it's strangers pray at night and then nightmare at noon i feel like i feel like using at in movie titles i was sitting there thinking about it and i'm like i don't think that's a word they use a lot in movie titles i might be wrong somebody you know tell me do they uh they're gonna send me like a whole bunch of (laughs) movie titles with at in there but i feel like that's not as common um anyway nightmare at noon uh an experiment in terror is the tagline and the description is scientists poison the water supply of a small town turning the residents into homicidal maniacs who kill each other and anybody who passes through so is this a remake of mutant no it feels like it but it feels like it doesn't it it feels like an action director was like okay i liked that movie i'm gonna remake it as an action film yeah as far as i can tell like there's no like producers or anything in common this just coincidentally happens to star the same two leads from mutant bo hopkins and wings hauser uh in a similar movie but with just different you know a different vibe going on because this is more of an action movie than a horror movie and less people. That's what I bummed me out as they go to this town and there's not like a group of little kid zombies and yeah, there's not no hordes, no hordes. It's a very small town. Yes. Which they so, mentioned like a million times throughout the movie. They're like, we're just the middle of nowhere. So yeah, 
I gotta say, like at first, like thirty seconds in, I was like, oh boy. And oh looking boy. at the poster was like, oh fuck. Yeah, the poster, the graphics of the opening credits. Oh my god. It's like are, are we watching I don't know what. It looks like somebody's, yeah, like student film Commodore or 64. Yeah, like made, yeah, in the 90s for somebody's school project is like what it looks like. But then it it did grow on me, but then mm-hmm. it loses me at the end. Which oh my god. For you someone- had this- you had the same arc I did. That's the exact oh, really? same arc I've had, like, both watches. I've watched this twice now, both times, same arc. See, I thought you were going to say you loved the end, because the end is so rooted in action. Like, it's like, they're out in this the, de- mm-hmm. the desert, mountains, whatever the fuck it is. It's like yeah. New Mexico looking. Yep. And there's all these helicopters, but it just goes on and on and on and on. That's the problem. It would have been better if they, like, knew how to cut it. Like, literally... Okay, sorry, jumping ahead, people, but there's a scene at the end where, like, there's helicopters fighting, uh, and... And why? I don't know. Like, it's, like, to stop the bad guys, but it's, like, I feel like it was totally done just because they had the money to hire helicopters, so they're, like, we might as well shoot the crap out of this to get our money's worth. Yeah. But I remember the first time watching it to my... I watched it with my brother, Bert, first time. Bert! Uh, and to him, I was like, I like how our hero now is just this random helicopter. Like, that's what we're focusing on is this helicopter not being flown by any of the main characters we know that's having a dog fight with another helicopter. And I'm like, there's way too much of that because <laughs> I'm like, it's not even it's tangential to the plot, but they spend what feels like 20 hours on it at the end of the movie. Oh, so. my God. So long. But it's fun. Be- Here's the thing. I read about what a mess Wings Hauser was on this, that he like got arrested and they had to like mm. bail him out. Mm-hmm. And he was just all fucked up on this movie. You wouldn't know it watching him. Like no, he doesn't he's... seem like a mess. No, he delivers a pretty solid performance. But Bo Hopkins is great, but George Kennedy's like so good. Yeah, George Kennedy the sheriff. shows up and you're like, all right, I like him. Yeah, I like that he and his daughter are like the cops, but spoiler alert, at one point, he's no longer the sheriff, and she's like, oh yeah, I'm not a cop either, I'm out. I'm like, then who is? Because everyone else I've seen who's a cop is dead. Yeah, who's in charge of this town now? (laughs) But I was looking up, because Bo Hopkins is a mutant, right? Yep. But I was like, he looks so familiar, like more familiar to me than Wings Hauser. So I'm looking up and he's in this. I used to always watch this Louis L'Amour movie as a kid called Down the Long Hills. It was about this brother Mm. and sister. And they're like, I don't I don't remember all the ins and outs, but I used to watch it a lot. And I think he's the bad guy in it. Mm. So I was like, God, he looks so he's like ringing a bell in my mind. Mm -hmm. And then I also saw he's in Tentacles, which you have talked about a couple of times on this show, which sounds like a lot of fun. And then he's in Day of the Locust. And have you seen Day of the Locust? No, it's one of those movies where, like, I've heard the title a million times and, like, referenced in other things, but I'm unfamiliar with it. It is such a... Karen Black is in it. It is such a bizarre film that I just can't say too much about because you got to just experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Donald Sutherland's in it as well. So it's, like, all these heavy hitters. Oh, wow. Geraldine Page... It, Jackie Earl Haley, early Earl, Earl Haley, Jackie Jackie Earl Haley, Earl. Thank you. I wasn't sure if it was early. Was he um, was he was he a kid in it? He must have been because it is from 
1975. Yeah, it's got to be. He had to be a child because he was a child actor, Jackie Earl Haley. Originally, there is just so. there is something that happens in it that is bonkers. That which is why you can't research it. You cannot read into it. You just have to watch it. I feel like my husband can or like told me I should watch it or something. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could give it to you on the show. Not horror related enough. I don't know. I can't say. Okay. <laughs> but you really got to watch it. Maybe we should just do it. <laughs> I know. He's also in The Hitchhiker, mm. which did you watch that show? Not the movie, not The Hitcher, but The Hitchhiker. It used to be on USA. You were probably too <gasps> little. I remember that, though. I remember the opening credits. I think credits. he must have been like The Hitchhiker. Or no, I think he maybe was in like an episode or two, but I was looking up that he was in that, and I thought, oh my God, that show? that theme music would come on and the hitchhiker looked so fucking hot but it was sort of like a tales from the dark side right yeah i remember it being sort of like not full-out horror but i remember like it mysterious being or dark. thriller yeah dark and thriller. i want to check it out to see if it's any good but oh man that music i feel oh. like there's like whistling online it says the hitchhiker is a mystery horror anthology television series so i guess it did verge into horror but yeah. I, I just remember the opening credits and that's it. So I'm not sure oh, I yeah. ever actually like watched the show. I just a saw like hitchhiker and like, uh, I need to look up the theme music. Cause I was yeah. like, Oh my God, the hitchhiker. Cause yeah. Anytime I see the, like I've seen, watched the video of the opening. I'm like, I remember that, but I don't remember anything about the show. And back to nightmare at noon, fucking Hans Zimmer did the music. Yeah. What in the that's, actual fuck? That's going to be like the very beginning of his career. That is so bizarre. And the, the, the RV, which is so oddly shaped, uh-huh. has a rear view camera. I know, right? Like this is you're... filmed in 1986. Like, how is that possible? It was the top of the line. Like, Apparently, I mean, he's a lawyer. He's playing this rich lawyer. What, so. what kind of lawyer? Like, he, for, like, celebrities? Yeah, he's, like, an entertainment lawyer. Because he talks right. about, like, uh, uh being the guy that like writes up contracts for bands because he's got that like great line where he's like i handle twisted sister i think i can handle this right yes yes there's a few good one-liners in here and his wife her name is sherry she's played by kimberly beck who she was in friday the 13th the final chapter she played trish yes and she's super hot here too so i was like oh man yeah and at one point though again whatever spoiler alert it's a dumb movie so it's fine but like his wife is infected, Trish is infected, Sherry's infected. And at one point he's like contemplating killing her. And I'm like, she's locked up. Let's not <laughs> go there. Let's let yeah. it play out. Yeah. Some of that is a little like, that's a little over the top. Like when he's like freaking out about it. He's like, no, <laughs> when he realizes she's infected too. Like that's a little dialed up too much. <laughs> From what we've seen in the rest of the movie, but yeah, it was like a Western action version of mutant. It was like it's weird that it starts as like so that was the thing where mutant feels like it's riffing on you know Night of the Living Dead or Dawn like Romero's zombie yes. movies. This feels like a rip on the crazies uh, and westerns because they reference yeah. High Noon like two or three times. Yeah, and westerns. It's like they're like we want to do. Something that's a little more like the crazies, but we're going to throw in, we're going to turn it into a Western, like in the middle of the movie. So, but the opening, like where the first guy goes crazy, that like country bumpkin dude that comes into the restaurant and just totally, you know, loses it and goes on a rampage. Uh That's where the movie had me. Like at that sequence, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yep. Yep. It's just, it is. 
it and is then it's weird. It's good for a while. It's like it's just paced horribly. I know. It's, I'm like, it, give me 10, 15 minutes off of this, and I'm totally yes, in. Totally. Like in the it third just goes act, on way too long. The third act needed to get like chopped in half. Uh, and then you're like, this would be a much more fun, like oddity from the 80s. Yep. 75 minutes, 80 max. Mm-hmm. And we'll call it a day. And the, not the 90, original not poster. Not 90 like this thing is. No, no. But I really like Julia. Uh, sh- she was great. Her her name was Kimberly Ross. She died of breast cancer, the actress mm. in real life. But I really liked her a lot. Mm-hmm. I love that there was like a little bit of a love interest. And Bo Hopkins is just so good as Riley. Mm-hmm. I, just, yeah, there's lots of good characters. It goes back to what I was saying about like having like a, a core group. You sort of have a group of like five really yeah you just sort of eventually get weeded down but yeah i i prefer mutant to this yeah me too just mutant wins out over this it's funny too like how i became aware that this movie nightmare at noon even existed was because after watching in search of darkness 3 when they did it there's a bit about mutant so like my brother and i had been discovering the work of Wings Hauser, like his B movies, we've we've started digging into that because we're like he's like kind of an underrated B movie actor that's done a lot of cool little things here or there. So we were digging into that, and I was like, oh, in Search of Darkness, they talk about this movie. It's a zombie movie with Wings Hauser and Bo Hopkins in it, and it looked really cool. Blah blah blah. And he's like, yeah, I think I know the movie. It's called Nightmare at Noon. And I'm like, that's not it. And then we looked it up. I'm like, oh my god, there's two movies with both those actors that are weird zombie movies from the '80s. So like, so how, bizarre. How strange. Yeah, it is quite strange. Green blood. Yeah, a lot of green blood. Yeah, and just yeah, things aren't answered, which sometimes I'm all for. But here, I was just like, eh, yeah, yeah, and it doesn't really explain the why because like all of this turns out. Sorry, spoilers, guys, but it's like generic government plot of some kind like testing a bio weapon or whatever because then you have uh the great uh brian james as the he's just credited as the albino he's like right. the lead government baddie um you know nerds like me he's from the original blade runner like that's like his biggest claim to fame i think was being in the one of the villains in the og blade runner um okay. and then he's in like a ton of movies he did a he unfortunately passed away like many years. I think he passed away in the nineties, if I remember, but, um, and he just did a ton of, uh, genre movies. So. Yeah. That's nightmare at noon. Yeah. That's it. Unless you got anything else to add. Uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't. Out of five, uh, just helicopter scenes that go on for an eternity. (laughs) How many do you give it? Because I gave Mutant 3, I can't give it that. So I'm giving it a two and a half. Oh, oh, I'm giving this a three. All right. Well, we have a. Split scream. That's a split scream. Yep. Yep. I just couldn't. I just couldn't. No, I mean, that's acceptable. I mean, this is not like high art. (laughs) No. Definitely. No, this is a not. fun t- turn your brain off if you want something stupid just to throw on. Like, go with this. So, yeah, and it, don't turn it off two minutes in because it it gets better. It gets better. It looks like the say. cheapest thing in the beginning, but like, why? Oh, I forgot to say, one of my favorite scenes is the very beginning when the like government bad guys are like doing whatever with the chemicals, and that random truck pulls up, and the guys just like. What's going on, guys? You're making a movie? And then they just blow them away with machine <laughs> oh, yes. guns. You're like, oh, oh this, that yeah. is ridiculous. So, 
there's definitely some ridiculousness in here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. F-O-L-X. And we are so glad to have you. Thank you for coming along. Write to us, scaringisharing at gmail.com or slide into our Insta, scaringisharing. All one word. <laughs> That's right. Smash and it all together. Us, yeah, let us know what you think of these movies and whatever else you want, okay? Yeah, uh, tell us what you think about the work of Wingshauser. Uh, <laughs> uh, and definitely tune in next week because we got yeah. a special episode coming. Yeah. And it's going to be 40. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's, I don't think I know. I know. Okay, we're going to have a blast. We already know it's going to be a fun, a fun time. So, yeah, it's going to be amazing. We are ready for it. And please come back because we have such sights to show you. And remember, guys, keep watching the skies and keep watching and talking about scary movies because scaring is sharing. Bye. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.